So you remember the like star ranking system on Xbox Live? The the rep system? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like with the I think it was one out of five stars avoid this player, prefer this player kind of thing. Yeah. Did you make use of that ever? I think like, like the first week I used my Xbox and then kind of never again. Like, were you just muting people so you wouldn't encounter stuff, or just not playing online that much? Or if someone was like a complete and utter troll, I was like, eh, rate one. Okay. But I don't. I don't think really people pay attention to that stat, to be honest. D and do you know if it went any deeper than that? Because like I always like okay, like some news came out this week about the way they're going to be doing it for Xbox One, and I was just like, oh, that just sounds the same to me. But like maybe I had the wrong idea of how it worked before. Like, would that affect? matchmaking and stuff like would it just be like we're just not going to match you not in with... current gen but i think that's going to affect it in next gen okay and i like yeah i, I think periodically i would use it just because, like there was one guy who just would not stop saying horrible things while i was playing seen it which is, was kind of my jam because i like movie trivia um no the scenic so, games were good yeah but like this guy was just not let Ow. up are you okay? What yeah, happened? that was me smashing my knee against my desk and knocking over a couple things. Recorded forever. Ow. Amazing. I just broke Phoenix Wright's head. Oh. What is it, like a bobblehead? I have like these little uh, figurines that someone made at a convention of uh, Edgeworth and Phoenix Wright, and uh, the Phoenix Wright one broke in in transport. Oh, so okay. So now I just kind of got it placed there because it, it's heavy enough it stays in place, but whenever yeah. the desk shakes enough, like his head will just pop off and roll off. Okay, so this is nothing new damage no. that just happened. Okay, but it's just funny to be like, "Oh, Phoenix Wright's head's just staring up at me from the floor." That's that's that's, that's kind of morbid. Okay, poor guy. All right, your knee okay? Yep, it'll be okay. Okay, so that was more interesting than what I was getting on about. But whatever. Xbox One. They they just revealed the the way they're going to be handling it now, and I guess yeah, it's going to factor into matchmaking a lot more. And there's three tiers of players now. I guess there's like kind of okay that these are not the exact phrasing but good players is the biggest category um almost there i think is actually how they say it and then needs improvement or something like that and <laughs> needs improvement yeah and apparently it'll actually like it's, it's supposed to actually just not match make with those people in that category and they they kind of have to slowly work their way out of it by playing lots and lots of matches without any issues before they can get out of it, so I I don't know. I've definitely take like taken to the habit of just if I'm playing any kind of multiplayer online anything, I just mute everybody immediately because I just don't want to deal with it. Like when I was playing Last of Us, even even though that's like PSN, I just don't trust people to be cool. So maybe that's a weird social phobia I have now, but I don't know. I have never had an amazing experience with team chat on any multiplayer game. So if this helps, I guess that's a thing, but. I don't know. Titanfall. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I got to the point where basically uh, I just play with friends. It just makes things a lot easier. Right. But I don't know. Like, oh, I guess you can always coordinate with your, your buddies to kind of, hey, let's play this big multiplayer game tonight. But I just stopped doing that after Counter-Strike. I just didn't anymore. But I guess, you know, Call of Duty and stuff, people do that. But yeah, I just jump into random stuff when I'm feeling like some multiplayer. But, um, I don't know. There you go. That is a thing that's happening in the world of video games, which is what we're already talking about. And, like, just in all ways, we're talking about Phoenix Wright statues and all sorts of stuff on the top-down perspective. Uh, I'm Nathan. John is here. Yo. H how's the knee, by the way? Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Two minutes in? Okay. I, I smash my knees a lot. I, I, my knees have taken a lot of abuse. I'm gonna be, like, limping when I'm <laughs> 40. Okay. But, <laughs> I, I'll be fine. All right. I, I've had worse, literally. Like, even at work, the same place we worked at together, I, I smashed my knee against a safe, and I had to walk with a limp for like a week. Oh, I guess I just never needed to use the safe ever, but I could see that being a nasty thud. But okay. It's just like, this, I don't know, the desks there and stuff. Or, well, the countertop. That'd be hard to pull off, but hmm. okay. Anyway, uh, welcome to Top Down Perspective. This is for August uh, 2013. August third sure we're going I back guess. to doing that again <laughs> yeah it's actually august 2nd so wait this marks i think the 11 year anniversary of the movie signs coming out so oh, pour one out for m night Shyamalan's career yeah oh you don't like that movie 
I liked it up until the ending. Then I was like, what is this stupid thing? As soon as I saw the alien, like the alien, I was just like, no, I'm done. Okay. I I was weirdly into that movie, especially at the time, but I guess it kind of diminished as time went on. That scene though, where Joaquin Phoenix sees it for the first time on that video camera though, like on the birthday footage, still great, still good. You don't remember it apparently, but but sorry, repeat that point again. Oh, there's a scene in that movie where Joaquin Phoenix like uh, is just watching the news, and there's like shaky cam birthday footage of like some birthday in like Mexico. And that's like the first reveal of the alien being there, like that 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 like an alien walking around. It's I, like I don't remember that. Or, or is it it's just like he saw like the reflection in the TV or something. I can't. Remember no, that. no, no. Like the, it's just like hey, th- just this just in breaking news. We got this uh, footage of an alien like from Mexico. Stay tuned. This is kind of scary stuff though. And so they kind of hype it up for you, and then it's just like this weird like shaky cam, and then the alien just walks by. And, like, the music hits at the time, and Joaquin Phoenix freaks out right when the audience freaks out and stuff. It was, like, the first good movie theater scream thing that I've I've probably experienced firsthand. Like, seeing a scary movie with a bunch of people that got right into it. So, I don't know. It had an effect. It was pretty good. Mel Gibson also has a knife later. Also, Mel Gibson was in movies back then. Remember that? Yeah. Good times. Anyway... Um, Sean is not here, uh, he's gonna be busy for a bit, so we're just gonna keep rolling without him for now. Um, I'm gonna start with you. How has the gaming been this past week? <laughs> Alright, so yeah, I, I haven't really and... done that much since, uh, since the Collaborate Kingdom thing ended. Uh... Oh man, so you, okay, do you want to talk about the ending of that? Just because we talked sure. about it quite a bit the, last week. The ending was kind of ridiculous. Uh, okay. So, for those who are not aware of what happened, I was in a competition for a game called Collaborate Kingdom that just came out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got it's like a procedurally generated hardcore platformer kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, uh, randomly generated stages. Uh, the mode we were playing on, the game slowly got harder and harder the more stages you beat. So mm-hmm. it was a high score competition. Uh, I held the lead up until Saturday when a, when a guy just suddenly popped on the scoreboard and blew past my score. Like, not any of the guys we talked about that were coming up behind you? Like, just totally new yeah. new challenger approaches or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, then I was like, okay. So Sunday I streamed myself playing through the game to beat his score. And on the run where I finally beat his score, he actually beat his own score. Mm. So I was still behind him. So by the end of the stream, I hadn't beaten him. But a buddy of mine, Chris, the guy I said I was worried about, uh, he he beat him. He beat us both. Then that guns guy beat him. Okay. Then Chris so beat him. Just... Then he beat him. So now at this point, their scores are in like the two million range. Uh, like uh, his gun score was two point three million, and I think uh, Chris's was uh, just under two point three or something like that. Mm-hmm. So then suddenly, uh, guns' score shoots up from two point three million to four point five million. That's like doubling it. Almost How double. Did... Yeah. What? Yeah, so the developers thought that was very suspect because to pull that off in the game, you would have to, they they said you would have to play the game perfectly up until stage 170. Mm-hmm. And for reference's sake, the best stage that uh, Chris got to, We Wreck the Prey, the, uh, he got to 131, and he died a lot up to that point. Okay. So to pull that off seems very suspicious. So the developers thought he was cheating and pulled him off the board. They gave him a chance to prove himself. He said, they said, uh, if you can match the top three score in one attempt on a live stream, we will believe you and reimburse you. Okay. And put you back in the competition. But he barely broke fourth place, which was like 1.6 million. Mm. And it was nowhere near close to 4.5 million. So they... They just said, yeah, I'm sorry, you're, you are good at the game, but you're not 4.5 million good, so we're going to have to disqualify you. Weird, okay. How would he have, like, tricked the system or something? Or, there or is it there, just there are ways around it. Um, I discovered this after the competition ended. I was trying to record footage for the game so I could do a video on it, mm-hmm. and I turned on Fraps, and my Fraps was set to record at 30 frames a second because I usually use it for emulators, and it slowed down the game's frame rate to 30 frames a second. Because the, oh, okay. the game runs at 60 otherwise. So it makes it a little easier to kind of It basically slowed the game down error. in half, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that would have made it a lot easier to go through and get a good score. So it's uh, it's either possible he did a, a speed hack 
or he did something like that. He was recording a video and he just happened to play through and have a good run. But if that was the case, he would have actually submitted the video for proof. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There are ways around it, and uh, the developers are aware of those ways, so now they're trying to fix it and patch it for the next competition. So. Okay. Wh- which platform were you playing this on? Steam. PC? PC. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. And so it was like really neck and neck, like uh, down to the nose kind of thing at the end there. Like, how close was the final margin of score? Uh, let me see here. Uh, well, let's put it this way: only two players broke two million, not counting uh, the cheater. Okay. And that was the winner and me. Okay. So uh, we wrecked the prey. They got first place with a score of two point two three nine million. Mm-hmm. I got second place with a score of two point one six seven million. Okay. And then third place was a Chilean player called Zoda, who had 1.871 million. Okay. So first and second were only about seven, yeah, 70,000 points apart. So that was basically uh, two to three stages. Nice. Okay. So it came close, yeah. but sadly no giant barrel of Cloudberry Kingdom codes for anybody. No, but... Well, I got 25 codes. So uh, first, place, oh, okay. first place gets 50, second and third place get 25. Oh, okay. I just thought I was like, good job, man. You almost made it. Anyway. But, okay. There is a second prize. I'll probably cool. be giving some of those out during my next live stream, which, cool. if this is getting posted Saturday, would have already happened. Oh, okay. So, hope you enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Hope that you enjoyed the stream, Kingdom? guys. It w- I'm sure it was fun. Yeah. If any listeners are playing Cloudberry Kingdom, uh, send us your thoughts at the Facebook page. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, you're still digging the game, even though I've, you've kind of played it so extensively like is that is that like the core mode you were playing or is there more side stuff to do there's a story mode there's a bunch of different uh versions that you can play with like a spaceship you can play okay. with a character that's double the size you can play with a character that's attached to a wheel mm-hmm. you can play with a character that's stuck in a minecart that's constantly moving forward right right there's all those kind of weird modifying aspects to it but like are you cloudberry kingdom out or are you Still kind of. I like know. it, but I think I'm gonna take a small break just so I don't get yeah. burnt on it. Fair enough. Just I don't know. It's kind of neat to see this like high level tournament play kind of stuff happening right away. It's like, you know, Steve Weeby and changing top yeah, spot. I, and all I can that ju- I can just say with certainty that's gonna get so much worse. Later yeah, like on. It, actually, yeah, it's like now that the game is out, it's just like oh, your your guys' scores are all blown away. Probably. Or, I actually, I've not checked the scoreboard since. I kind of I think I will do that right now. Okay. Actually, no, I'll, I'll do that after I talk about the rest of the games I played. Okay. Well, we did talk briefly about, like, the hot Chilean platforming scene that seems to be going on. Where was the winner guy from? Like, do you know? Oh, first place? Yeah. Like, first place was from America. Okay. US of A. Yeah, We Wrecked to Prey was American. I'm Canadian. And then Zoda is Chilean. Okay. And then it's uh, OTG Over the Gun, uh, who was from the UK. Then it's uh, another Canadian, Merciless Merc. Mm-hmm. Then it's another Chilean player, Game Player Chile HD. See? And then it's a, then it's an Argentinian, uh, Jugandacon Natalia. So South America, yeah. repping. Then it's another American, Last Grey Wolf. Then it's uh, Argentina again, Don Gato. And then it's a Brazilian player, Nita Games. And then See? it's another Canadian. Wow, Canadian. Man, South America, though. Repping S- South America pretty good and Canada on repping pretty hard in this competition. Just a nice international spread there. Yeah, I'm Everyone look, I'm loves look, I'm games. Look, I'm actually looking at the 10 to 20 right now, and three of them are from Argentina. Uh, one Brazilian player, uh, three Americans, and one Mexico player. Okay. So there you go. The world says yes to Cloudberry Kingdom. Sadly, oh, for last good. place in the competition was also Canadian. Aw. <laughs> yeah, it's like the last place Canadian, then two Americans, then Argentina, then Canada again. Mexico, Brazil, U.S., Mexico. I'm just kind of hoping, like, is there, like, some out there, like, one-off country that was that was their only representative or something? Uh, based on the scoreboard, like there's one Germany player. Okay. There you go. Yeah, and he, overall, country-wise, he got last place because, well, he was the only player. Well, he's the only guy repping his team, so. Yeah. And overall, he was 43 out of 53. Okay. Oh, well. There you go. What what was this thing called again? The Infinity Cup? Yeah, the Cloudberry Kingdom Infinity Cup. All right. So I'm sure there's videos of some of that last-minute business going yeah. on. Yeah, my, my, uh, one of my better runs from the live stream on Sunday are is on my channel. Okay. Uh, Chris... So, like, sorry, just how did they kind of 
throttle like do you are you running out of lives as you keep playing yeah you start with 15 lives and okay. uh every 25 gems you pick up gets you another life okay. but eventually the game just gets so hard you just start like plowing through lives crazy fast i believe chris told me uh when he got to stage 131 he came in with like 30 lives mm-hmm. and lost them all in that stage yeah wow okay and, like, mathematically, every stage is beatable, right? Like, it's yeah. not ever screwing there, you there's over. There's literally like, an like, item you can oh. use that shows you how the AI can beat the stage. Oh, okay. So, alright. I'll take I'll take it at their word or whatever. Like, this game is playable. Like, there's no weird... Oh, uh, I, I've not, I've not run up. into a stage that can't be beaten. I'll put it that way. Okay. And you've played a lot of stages. Yeah. So, cool. But, okay, sorry. You were, you were gonna continue. No, yeah, I was gonna say, like, uh, the... Chris from Weird Play, he put his run up as well, his winning run. Okay. So you can view so, it on his channel as well. So if you want to see, like, study the pros before you play Cloudbreak Kingdom yourself, it's up there. Get Try to beat that run. I don't know. It sounds fun. I, I'm not sure. It's like 10 bucks, right? I think. But yes. Yeah. I've, I've been looking at, um, like, the I've been checking PSN stuff a lot, too. Like, it's part of their play promotion. Um, along with like Ibn Ob and stuff. Like, there's some cool games coming out this summer, but uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten in on that personally since uh, E3. But so okay, so there's plenty of that. Uh, what else was played in the last seven days or so? Uh, P Cross E2. Yep. Okay. So just going through that. Uh... Do you know if it's like oh E3 is just around the corner? Like, well, sorry, P Cross E3. I didn't. Mean I I kind of hope they do that actually. Okay. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, and besides some stuff I played for a live stream for charity last night, that was about it. Okay. I, uh, Any... I played Ninja Gaiden for a charity run, like the original NES one. I played, uh, I Wanna Be the Guy Gaiden. Okay, so it's be- harder? Because pe- people donated so I would play it. Okay. Uh, I played Resident Evil Gaiden, which is the Game Boy Color, uh, Resident Evil semi-RPG. Mm-hmm. And I played Pokemon Crystal. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and that was all for charity. Okay. Uh, how'd you guys do? I guess like what was it? Uh, beat Ninja Gaiden, but I had a really bad run. Uh, I want to be the guy Gaiden. We only got so far. Okay. Resident, Resident Evil Gaiden takes a long time to beat, so we just played it for a bit until we were like we got to the next game. Mm-hmm. Is this and, up on your channel or? Uh, no, this was not on my Twitch channel. This was on the Last Second Heroes Twitch channel. Oh, okay. Okay. We we helped raise I think six hundred something dollars in our time block. It was myself and Paul. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So we we raised I think in our block six hundred to seven hundred dollars. So. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I saw some tweets to that effect late at night, but I'd just been watching a movie and was like, oh man, I totally missed all of this stuff. But it was a twenty-four hour stream, or how long? Yeah, it was a twenty-four hour stream, but we had like a, a, four, a three-hour block, I think. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so it was like a variety show or like a PBS. Uh, Fund fund raising campaign, kind of like that, right? I guess that's. It's like cool. coming up next. We got Proton John. Stay tuned. Yeah, Is sure. Like that? like that. Okay, cool. That's what I want to hear. Um, okay. I guess we do have a list of the stuff Sean's been playing, so I can briefly report that. Uh, trying sure. to continues to play that. Uh, Phoenix Wright, I, the original one, right? Is that what he said last week? Sorry. Yeah, he was playing through the original Phoenix Wright. Right, right. I I do like that one, but. It's kind of you see the weird contrast where like the last case is so much better because it was the one designed for DS. I don't I know, man. I like I liked the others. Well, like story wise, they're cool. I just mean like mechanically, it's like oh Me- man. Yeah, I'm mechanically, like... the fifth one's more fleshed out because it was designed specifically for the DS. So there's like 3D clues. You're looking around and like scrubbing through like security cam footage and stuff. Like there was some cool ideas that didn't show up until the end of the game. But I guess that's a good way to end your game with like the best case. Yeah, in that way. So even yeah. if it doesn't technically connect to the story, no, just total one-off. Um, and then Retrograde, which is this—it's that kind of weird guitar game, right? Like, isn't that the one where you're flying backwards and well, it, it's a rhythm game. Yeah, you. you're supposed to match up with the shots. So because you're you're playing the game backwards, you like the end. The beginning of the game is you defeating the final boss. Then you have to there's a time loop where you have to basically match everything going backwards. Right. But it's it's sort of going back in time, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, the whole conceit. idea. You're, still, you're literally traveling back in time to where you actually killed the boss. 
or to, okay. to, to the beginning of the game because the game right starts like it starts with, with you blowing up the boss and then you go backwards for some reason like you broke space time or something I don't know it was at PAX a few years ago and I thought it was kind of cool but okay um I guess on to stuff I played uh hey did you ever play Saints Row the Third a bit of it okay how are you feeling it I liked it but I, okay. I, I, I never got super far in it because I I got another game at the same time I had to play through okay I. I, I, like, if you recall, I had a really bad first impression of that game some time ago. Um, mainly because, like, I mean, if you, if you stop playing the first bit, maybe this was part of the problem. Uh, it, it just starts with kind of poorly paced missions to introduce you to all the side activities. Is kind of the way it goes. Like, a lot of the missions you have to do are basically just side activities that they're introducing you to kind of clumsily. So the first, like, five hours of that game, I'm just going to say, aren't very good. Like, despite me eventually kind of coming around on some of the stuff it does, like, I still feel, you know, validated in, like, no, this game has problems. Like, stop hyperbolic praise on this thing. There are some weird issues in that game. But once you get laser jets, it gets pretty good. There's some cool vehicles in there. Like, basically the stakes keep going up as the game goes on and it gets more and more ridiculous. And at the end of the game you're finally almost ridiculous enough for it to be like, alright, this is pretty great. And there's some totally inspired song choices in that game that I kind of just don't want to ruin, because one of them is... No, two of them are totally fantastic. Like, just perfect choices for the dumb, stupid mission you're doing. So those moments were kind of worth it. However, I don't know. I think a lot of it's just like, I really like open-world games. So it kind of pulled me in. Like, I will say, I beat this game in, like, two sessions. But those were, like, seven-hour sessions. <laughs> so, yeah. I played me some Saints Row the Third this week. And I don't... I, like, are you... are you? Have you played Crackdown 2? No, I've never played either Crackdown. Okay. Maybe just don't. Because Saints Row the... Four, like, Saints Row 4 has potential to kind of do that stuff really well. Just based on the ending of Saints Row the Third, if they just fully go in the absurd direction they end at with four, like from minute one, that could be a really cool game. Like I, I'm more interested in Saints Row Four now that I've played Saints Row the Third because it could be the Crackdown sequel we wanted in Crackdown Two and didn't get because Crackdown Two was just kind of a weird rehash. So I don't know the superpower stuff if done well, could be really, really cool. So, I, I don't know. I will say, like, I'm... <laughs> I've played a lot of the other Saints Row games, so, like, I'd already done a lot of the goofy stuff Saints Row the Third has, so maybe that was part of my issue with, like, not finding it the most unique, extraordinary thing ever, like, two years ago. But, I don't know. It it has some good, dumb stuff in there. I think the shooting action is kind of worn to the ground as the game goes on, but that's that's just me. I mean, it, it is still it is still technically like a crime drama track game. Or well, yeah, like a, like a criminal game. It's a crime comedy though. Now, like they just don't care anymore about trying to be dramatic, really. Except every now and then they make kind of like a weird user choice moment where it's just like, all right, which which thing do you want to do? And like some of those are almost dramatic, which is kind of cool. Like the ending splits in a way that was kind of interesting, but. They want you to see both endings, though, because they immediately make that mission available again. Just, I, I don't know. I guess if I have, like, one just general complaint that I found, I, like, I still think is true, the absurd stuff in that game is kind of at odds with a lot of the mission stuff, because they kind of don't want you to use some of the crazier stuff in some of the missions, which seems annoying to me. Like, like I said, there are laser jets. However, you basically never get to use them in a mission after, like, the first time you use it. Like, it's like, oh man, this this fight is really frustrating. You know what I could use right now? A laser jet. There's no way to make that happen. <laughs> like, um, there's also, like, a crazy cool tank you get, and you can sort of use that in some of the tougher combat situations, but the they kind of make it impossible to get it in certain areas, too. So, like, you, you still can't use it as a get-out-of-jail-free card kind of thing. Which... I, just because of how nutty that game wants to be, I don't think it fits. Like, it's just like, if you're going to make this, like, the player so crazy powerful sometimes, why not just let me do that all the time and have more fun? Because, like, the game isn't trying to punish you gameplay-wise 
in any tonal way. Like, the story's super light and silly, so why can't I just break it, kind of? I, I, I hope Saints Row 4 lets you totally break it, basically. Cause they... I, feel, I feel like maybe if you modded the third one, you might get that kind of action you're looking for. Well, I, like, the game itself almost allows some cheat-type stuff to happen, like, through upgrades and whatever, but the way the economy in the game works, like, you'd have to grind out a bunch of missions in order to afford some of that stuff, which is weird. Like, you can basically reduce the damage you take from a bunch of stuff to the point where you're almost invincible, but not soon enough for it to be awesome the whole time, you know? I don't I keep comparing to Just Cause 2 in my mind, just because, like, that was another goofy, ridiculous open-world game that I spent a lot of time with. Like, that game lets you do the parachute grappling hook thing from, like, the first minute you play it. And whereas this, like, lets you get at jetpacks and crazy nut nut stuff at, like, hour 15, which seems bad. Like, I, I hope you can do nutty stuff sooner in Saints Row 4. If they do that, they have done right by me, I guess. And still, you know, they can still do, like, the goofy, ridiculous mission design stuff. Like, there, there's basically a Tron level. Like, it seems to be the one mission people kept kind of bringing up is, like, dude... There's a great mission in this game. Decker's it's, Die or whatever it's called? Yeah, it's Tron. It's it's basically just Tron. Which, I like Tron, but I maybe was a little bummed out with that. Because it was just like, okay. Like, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that movie. Like, it didn't strike me as, like, the most original thing to do. It, it does end in a goofy way, but not a mechanically good way. It's more just like a ridiculous spectacle you see play out. But you're just kind of mashing on the R button. Like, there's, I don't know. Well, I mean, keep in mind, maybe you knew it was coming, right? That something was coming. Like, it, it's kind of that thing where, like, if someone tells you, like, hey, man, there's, like, a big twist, you're going to kind of look for it, and then when it happens, you're going to kind of dissect it. So that was my fault, maybe, for waiting long, long enough to where I heard enough about the game. But, yeah. I, I, but I, I guess I'll reiterate, I played it for, like, two seven-hour binges, so I obviously was enjoying something. Um, there's some there's some good stuff to be had. And I guess, hey, it's if you're listening to this, like, within a week or so of it coming out, it's, like, dirt cheap right now. It's the, part of the Humble Deep Silver bundle. So if you didn't see that, like, you can get Saints Row the Third and, like, all the DLC that came with it for, like, five bucks, plus, like, four other games. <laughs> Yeah, I, there so, was, wasn't it like twenty five to get like the complete edition, or what was the game that you get for twenty? Oh, uh, that's Riptide. That's oh. Dead Island Riptide. Oh right, okay, then that's fairly new too. So. It's fairly new, but I've also heard it's not great. So don't feel like you need to go in extra deep on that. Maybe like just just anecdotally, like I saw it at PAX and it looked like more Dead Rising. But as someone who didn't even finish the first Dead Rising, like if you're that guy too, don't you you have Dead Rising? Just wait for like, State of Decay. No, State of Decay is the other one. What is the upcoming team? Like, that team is making a new zombie game. I think it has the word light in the title. Oh, Deadlight. Oh, is it just literally called Deadlight? I think so. No, that's... Isn't that that X, Xbox Live Arcade game? What was that called? I'm looking it up. Okay. Yes, you might be right. Well, yeah, there was that side-scrolling zombie game. I don't that know. Came, that came out. Deadlight was last year. So what's that? I feel bad. Like there, yeah. It is the the dudes at Techland are making a new zombie game that apparently looks really cool and iterates on a lot of their great ideas from Dead Island. But I don't remember what it's called right now. I'm looking it up. Don't worry. Okay. And um, the story is Dying Light. Dying Light. There you go. That's a name for a game. Apparently, they also worked on Kalawara's Gunslayer. Gun. Yeah, which was my game of the week a while ago. That is a good game. That is, that is a quality game. Anyway, that that's all I got for Saints Row the Third. I know I've kind of put that off for a long time and had a pretty negative initial reaction, but I generally like that game. I still feel like, you know, me binging really hard on Saints Row 1 and 2 and Just Cause 2 definitely put me in a weird, unique camp where a lot of the stuff that game does doesn't seem nearly as fresh as it did for a lot of people. But there's some laughs to be had, and... Like, I don't know, there's some good soundtrack choices in there and whatever, so... And it's stupid cheap right now, so if you want to check that out, it's there's some there's some good times in there. Um, then I beat Rogue Legacy. Have you started that yet? Nope, not yet. Okay. I don't know... Unless I stream it to yesterday, then in that case, yes, I did. 
Oh, or is that on the table for potential? Maybe, maybe. Okay. Man, that was a great Rogue Legacy stream. See, now you have to do it. No, no, I don't <laughs> yeah, keep playing it. Cause Entrapment. No, it. I do like that game. I will say, like, the the final boss is kind of... I'm not going to obviously say what it is, but I think it's it's fair to say, like, if you've played five minutes of that game, you know there's, like, a boss door, like a, you know, Super Metroid kind of style where you beat the three things and then... Well, like, in Super Metroid, there's that statue. Like, the set of statues. Like, you got Kraid and Ridley and all the that. The ones that you all have to break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of treats it like that, where, like, once you've beaten an area's boss, like, a emblem lights up on this door. So, obviously, something's on the other side of that door. Um, and, I don't know, for me, it was kind of like a weird grind to finish the game, because I beat the four main areas and had a great time doing that. And then after I'd done that, it was like, well, the boss door is open, go fight the boss. And I was just like, yeah, but now I kind of have to grind a lot to get good enough to fight this boss, and there's no dungeon to newly discover. So it literally just kind of felt tedious for the last, like, hour or two. But that game continues to be a fantastic podcast game because it's just, like, pure jumping around action. Well, and, like, the music is going to get repetitive almost immediately because you're going to hear the same song a million times. So drowning that out with podcasts was a great idea. So I still really like that game, though. Like, definitely bringing back a lot of Castlevania-type memories and stuff. Um, a cool kind of story conceit to it with, like, the different generations and whatever. I, maybe the payoff on that is a little... Like, they try for a dramatic twist that isn't earned exactly because it's just the mechanics are so goofy that maybe that last little moment is a little out of place, but that's, I hope, vague enough. Like, there there, there was something at the end of that game that just seemed a little weird. But, um... I don't know. They, they, it also, they also kind of treat the game as, like, a virtual art gallery of their previous games. Like, you'll occasionally stumble into a room, and there's just, like, a picture of one of their previous games and, like, a big, like, a paragraph of stuff about the development of it, which is kind of a neat thing to do. Like, I, I you know, like, it's the don't shit your pants guys. Yeah. Like, that's all I knew they'd ever done, but they've been making, like, a bunch of stuff for the past, like, two, three years, and, like, some of it sounds kind of cool. And I just had no idea. So it's like maybe a great ad for some of their work. Like it's almost like a resume is hidden in that game. Well, I mean, like is... why not at this point? Because if it's their game, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, I know, and it it, it kind of fits some of the tone of just like lighthearted, goofy, but also like legacy. I don't know. It was it fit. Okay, I I was not angry at it. Um, other than the, the okay. There are, like, painting monsters that are basically... I will say they're basically the Medusa heads of this game. Like, they are so annoying. Like, there's portraits on the walls, and you'll hit them, and, like, they'll be haunted and start spinning around and just causing you problems. Some of those things are just, like, the worst sucker punch-type deaths I had playing that game. We're just like, oh, shit, I hit a painting, and then it starts, like, spinning around, and you're trying to hit it, but it's just wildly twisting around, and you're just like, all right, I died. Like, I was doing so great. And then a painting killed me. Like, it's just... It was... <laughs> it happened way too many times, but that's part of the goofy fun, I guess. It, it's... Yeah. Still still a totally satisfying game. I played, like, 20 hours of it. It does have New Game Plus, but I am not ready to jump back in quite yet. But, uh... No, yeah. Totally recommend that game. Uh, then I played, like, 90 minutes of The Swapper, which... Have you have you heard about The Swapper? Is this the one about about cloning? Yeah, it's, uh, there's, like, a cloning gun, and tonally and visually and musically, it's, like, pretty reminiscent of the movie Moon. Did you, did you see that? No. It's good. It's Sam Rockwell on a moon base, and, uh, it's the guy who directed, um, oh, what's that, what's that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and the train, you know, the, the time, time travel movie? A time travel movie with a train? Yeah, he has to defuse a bomb um, on a train, and like they're, they're able to kind of keep sending him back over and over, so he's like reliving the same moment in time uh, over and over again to kind of solve this mystery by like going into alternate dimensions or whatever. It, it, it's like a great idea that was kind of pretty good, 
in execution. But... Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. I don't know. Yeah, that's the one. Time travel. That, that name, the movie you're describing, sounds familiar. Source Code. That is that, Source Code. That is Source Code. Is the movie. Um, it's Duncan Jones, the director of that. Um, I, I will say I liked Moon more, but they're just totally different movies. Like one is kind of like an action sci-fi, and the other one's like a very quiet, moody kind of contemplative sci-fi in a way. Um, the Swapper is kind of getting at that in a way that it was like I was not really ready for. Like it's just like a emotionally kind of heavy thing for like what is basically a puzzle game. Like just something about that space station is just like sad. Like it, it was kind of bringing back Metroid memories in a way of just oh, like that's kind of cool haunting empty space station and like you're just kind of exploring it, but you know something's off with the core mechanic. Like I kind of want to compare it to like PB Winterbottom in terms of the mechanic of cloning, but it's like if they took that really seriously and like they kind of I don't know if they're actually directly going to question the deaths of clones because. Clones dying is a big part of what has to happen to solve certain puzzles. Because, like, you're cloning yourself, like, five times and then trying to kind of use them to open different doors and stuff and swap your consciousness between them and then get the one you're controlling out, but the other four don't matter. So then it's just kind of like, oh, man, what's happening to all these clones? Like, there's a certain morbid undertone to a lot of it and i think i think that's gonna factor into the story just with like some of the like log books you're finding and just how kind of gut-wrenching each like if you fall wrong like it's just kind of like crumple on the ground and then like the oxygen starts escaping from the spacesuit like it's just kind of creepy and i don't i don't know like i was only able to play it for like one session before just kind of getting creeped out but i want to go back and see more of it you're making it sound like it sets a good, like, setting and narrative. Yeah, like, like I mean, mechanically it's very puzzly, but somehow they're kind of overcoming that to be like, well, no, i got to open up this spaceship and explore more, but th- there's a great mood and tone and atmosphere in that game, at the very least, so I'm getting quite a bit out of it. Um, and mechanically it totally works, like, there's some novel puzzle ideas, but the main stuff that's got my curiosity going is just the kind of understated spooky tone so i i'm quite liking it and the the music's great it's like really piano heavy but like just with like this echoey kind of like just in space backdrop to it makes it that much more interesting so i i don't know i'm i'm definitely keen on going back to some extent like i will say it, it's like a weirdly draining game in a way but i i'm still liking it uh then i played uh walking dead 400 days i posted a video about that on uh, the new Top Down Perspective page. That was just, like, my initial impressions of it. Uh, the YouTube channel, rather. Yeah. Um, it's, like, eight minutes of me just walking around. But uh, the conclusion of that is I really liked it. Um, it I, I won't say it necessarily addresses some, like, some gameplay issues I had with The Walking Dead. Have you played... You haven't played The Walking Dead yet, right? No. Like, I... I, I don't know. Like... It really depends on your patience for adventure game kind of constraints and whatever, but it's a, it's a cool thing. They're doing some good stuff over there. Um, I would not recommend starting here necessarily, just because this is well, this is almost a standalone. I don't know. I'm not sure what to recommend anymore. But th- this is five short stories that weave together in a way I thought was really cool, and it seems like dynamic enough that you can play them in any order, and it'll sort of create its own weird kind of like reveals and mystery because like you'll play one and then like little tiny bits of it will kind of cross into another one but there'll be kind of interesting revelations in that story like it's like oh that's who was there like that's who was in that that's who was behind that thing like 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 that's me being vague about it because it would kind of ruin some of the magic but there's some clever story writing stuff in there and and some great just, like, horror cliches toyed with a bit. Like, it's just, like, driving alone on a highway at night and there's, like, a creepy truck following you. Like, just stuff like that that doesn't exactly have to do with zombies, but is just kind of good horror business they get into. And I was, yeah, I was really impressed by that. Um, and then I started playing Red Dead Redemption again. And played a lot of it. I'm Why? in Mexico. Why? Because <laughs> it's great. I don't... I'm trying to think what the exact catalyst was 
Uh, I I don't know. I I read an article recently about the main voice actor guy who played John Marston and how he basically just abandoned acting after doing that game. So that kind of just made me start thinking about it again. And I think it's just because like Grand Theft Auto V is coming out. Like I'm kind of jonesing for a Rockstar open world thing. And I'm probably setting myself up for totally overdosing on that because I'm playing a giant game just before playing a giant game in September. But I don't know. Maybe part of it was also just Saints Row. Like I just, I have me some op- open worlds, like angst. Like I just want that. I just want to ride around in a big open world. And I am having a fantastic time doing that once again. I am playing on hardcore mode, which I'm not sure if that's making it better or worse, just because it basically just makes the gunfights really challenging, but that almost makes it more intense sometimes. But if you die, you just kind of show up at a campsite or a safe spot again. So there's no real consequence to it. But uh, I don't know. Um, The one thing that really bummed me out, I was trying for like keeping the same horse the entire game. Uh, at one point, I just went in to play a bunch of Liar's Dice at this one pub, came out, and my horse had just mysteriously died. And it was just the worst. Like, I was just like, what? I was just, aw. Oh, Alright. And then I just, like, grumpily walked down to Mexico, and now I'm playing that part of it. So, I don't know. That was that was a unfortunate thing. Sorry for monologuing so long, John, but I play a lot of video games once again. I'm going video game crazy lately. I don't know. But enough about old games. Let's talk about new games in the news section. News time. Hey, Fez. Do you I, play Fez? It's a good hat. It's a good hat. I like hats. But, yeah. I mean, after Matt Smith kind of popularized it with Doctor Who, like they're everywhere. You see them all the time. That's yeah, not those, true. Those Shriners. I, I actually, wait. Yeah, no, it was at the Sun Festival here in town. I actually saw some Shriners. There. And, and it brought up a question. Are there Lady Shriners? Or no? Are they still kind of... There, there's a thing for that? I can't remember what it is. There's actually an equivalent? I believe so. Okay. Just that made me think that I've never seen a Lady Shriner. Anyway, point is, um, did you play that game Phil Fish made called Fez? Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, ha- finish it, but I played it. Yeah, I didn't finish the puzzle p- aspect of it either, but I, I jumped around and got a lot of cubes. Um, did you see all the bizarre Twitter drama that erupted this week around Fez 2? I didn't see all of it, but I got a, a, a kind of a generalization of it. Okay. Um, here's basically the order of events as I understand them. Um, there's a dude named Marcus Beer, who... Okay, well, wait, I guess go back a little further. Um, Xbox One uh policies on indie game development changed as we reported last week or whatever like the uh self-publishing thing was announced to some extent mm-hmm. right um i guess some some publications were going to Jonathan Blow and Phil Fish for comment on it and both of them were basically like there's not enough information on this right now for us to like for us to know about this please just leave us alone seemed to be kind of the thing like they just didn't want to comment and express maybe a little bit of irritation that they're always being called for anything like revolving around indie games for comment. Um, Marcus Beer, uh, who goes by Annoyed Gamer on Game Trailers, took exception to their attitude and kind of called them out on a podcast over there. Um, uh, Phil Fish caught wind of that and then just basically exploded on Twitter, just like yelling out about people constantly hassling him and just how mean the internet can be. And it all culminated in him canceling Fez 2, essentially. Like you just said, I'm not making Fez 2. Fez 2's canceled. It, like, they posted it to the Polytron Twitter as well. And then he just, like, left Twitter, essentially. Like, put his profile to private. And that was that. Um, since that happened, I've heard a lot of kind of idle banter that a lot of people don't believe that that'll be the case. Like, there's like, come on, we're like, we, like, we've met Phil Fish, he's really passionate about games, there's no way he's gonna actually let this prevent him from doing something he wants to do, so he'll probably be back, but this clearly, like, he needs a break from development, obviously, like, he's really stressed out, so hopefully that's, you know... I think cool, he just cool needs a break from the internet. Yeah. It seems like everything, every time Phil Fish says something, the internet gets upset at him about it. And I'm, you know, like... It is weirdly ironic that his Twitter icon was uh, Andy Kaufman, who mm. is notorious for kind of trolling, essentially. Like, just kind of saying one thing and then, like, doing another, just, like, lying and 
creating elaborate hoaxes, essentially, um, at least according to the Jim Carrey movie I watched. I feel like an expert now. Man on the Moon. <laughs> Based on man, man on the Moon, yeah. Or Man in the Moon. What is it? No, it's Whatever. Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. Okay. Um, so maybe this is all just kind of like, yeah, him reacting weird to, you know, push, pushing too hard on the Internet, pushing the Internet's buttons, and then they punch back, and then he punched back again, and then got upset about it. I don't know. Like, have you have you had to deal with any like weird internet anger before? Oh like, yeah, no, I, I get hate messages and death threats all the time. Okay, like it it seemed like Jonathan Blow has kind of gotten used to that and lets it roll off his back. Maybe you're, you're like, is that the white right way to do it? Kind of taking it I super don't know. personally. Like, I'll, I'll respond to it sometimes, depending on if I've got a good retort. Mm-hmm. I think the best kind of response so far is just to respond with like kindness. Because, okay. Like no one looks good getting upset at someone who's responding to them nicely. Okay. But if you if you kind of sink to their level, so to speak, it's just going to... Yeah, that's the idea. ...intensify and I mean, the conflict. It's, it's hard to prevent yourself from sinking to that level because it's just so easy to try to re- retort back with hate. Right. But you kind of have to not do that, which sucks because it happens a lot. Like, the internet, a lot of people will just give you random hate for no reason. People get, get off on that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like some people will send you hate with an, a logical reason, like, "Hey, I actually did not like your thing for reason X or Y." That's construct. That's constructive criticism. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But then there are people who will just be like, "F your work because I said so." Right. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks. I think. So just kind of blind, empty anger. Yeah. Blind, blind hatred. Yeah. So I mean, a steady diet of that stuff over the past couple of years, I guess definitely put Phil Fish off for a while, which totally makes sense. I can't blame um, him, because, like, literally every time he got in the news, people were upset at him. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of weird, like, I felt it was a little weird even when they announced Fez 2, just because, like, if you recall at the end of any game of the movie, he basically says, oh, wh- like, what would you do different next time? Well, not announce it super early. And then it was just like, oh, well, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. kind of inviting some, like, a lot of attention and negativity before it's ready, like, just, I don't know, but, yeah, I, I will say, like, long-term, like, hopefully this isn't the end of Phil Fish working in games, but, like, dude definitely deserves a break and should take one, and hopefully this works out, but, yeah, it was it was a weird I, story that kicked off the week. <laughs> I think I think he'll come back, but maybe in a year. Yeah, and maybe take, take a good amount of time. With, like, Fez 2 being fairly far along in development, or near completion. Maybe I'm almost wondering if it'll just be like, well, it's just not Fez too. Like he might just be done with that concept. And I don't even know. It's the, I crazy. Think, I'm pretty sure it's the fact that he's just sick of like the online negativity. That's right. that's all it is, and that's why like a lot of sites have been writing articles lately on how negative internet culture can be. Right. Like uh, people on Penny Arcade, I think, wrote, uh, the, "There's a war on creative, yeah, war on creative people," mm-hmm. and then other people were towards like, "No, there's not a war. You just need to have a thicker skin." And it just became, like, this weird internet argument for a couple of days. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jonathan Blow's attitude in it, like, he commented on Twitter pretty quickly, seemed to be like, well, maybe he's just had more, like, uh, another couple of years to kind of get used to the thing. But he got really defensive when Braid first came out and was just kind of ending up in all sorts of internet discussions, like, trying to challenge people's perception of his game and whatever, and then eventually just stopped doing that. So... I don't know. Like, it just seems like he's adjusted a little better to the way the internet works and the way they keep shouting and saying nonsense, and that might be the direction to go, but I don't know. Like, I've never had that level of, like, internet looking at me and judging everything I do and say, so, like, snapping under pressure is totally understandable, I guess, because, like, I just have no comparable thing on that, but... Like, so I, I get it, like, I get why this happened, but it was still just kind of, like, the sad thing to see that morning. It was, it was kind of kind of unfortunate. I, I did go and watch, like, what Marcus Beer actually said. It didn't seem that baseless and, like, just useless. Like, it was, it was more just kind of, like, pointing out a sort of hypocrisy he seemed to identify where it's like, well, they don't want our attention now but they're going to when they're trying to sell their next game. So they need to kind of realize this is a two-way street between media and game creators, and, like, we need each other to kind of do this thing, which sort of, I guess, but at the same time, like, asking people for comments on kind of stories that maybe need not be stories yet because they're still rumors 
seems to be kind of poor journalism, so there's kind of, I don't know, it's not a super sound argument. Um, I guess the best piece of writing on the issue I saw was probably from Giant Bomb. Like, uh, Patrick Kleppett kind of broke down the situation as, as the, he saw it, and that's worth a look if you're curious in, as to, like, you know, someone who's met Phil Fish and kind of gone through some similar internet scrutiny stuff, because, like, that dude gets called out a lot on Giant Bomb content for some reason, like, the community there can get weirdly hostile, but weirdly nice sometimes. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's that's that, basically. That was that was the thing that happened earlier in the week. After that, it's basically just announcements of things coming out that I've noticed this week. I mean, beyond the Xbox One policies thing we kind of touched on at the beginning of the show. Um, Bioshock Infinite DLC is finally happening. Um, Clash in the Clouds is out. I bought it with uh, Steam card money, because it basically just seemed like not money. I, I don't know. It was I'd sold a bunch of cards. I had like five five bucks and change from doing that. So I I picked that up. I haven't played it yet, but my understanding is it's just combat. Like it's just action challenge scenarios, which is kinda weird. But like, you know, just because Bioshock Infinite is well regarded for its story, but th- this is straight action, which I guess the combat team kinda wanted to prove they could make a fun thing without all the narrative traps, so I guess that makes sense. And the other one, the other DLC is supposed to be more story-based, right? Yeah, there's a trailer for it. It's called Burial at Sea, and it looks like it's in Rapture. And um, maybe... It, you play as Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth's definitely... Like, she's in the trailer, and yeah, there was some discussion as to like her being playable. I, I, I guess maybe I was reading mixed things. I, I thought she was in Clash in the Clouds, but maybe I totally mis- misunderstood that. Um, but okay, so you play as Elizabeth, per- perhaps. Booker's in the trailer, though. And it basically looks like a, you know, Humphrey Bogart-style 1940s noir kind of setup with the story. Like, him in his office, name on the door, walking out and lighting a lady's cigarette, reveals her face, and then she's talking about some mystery or whatever. But it's it's all in Rapture as the backdrop, so that's kind of interesting to see Irrational Games return there, because they didn't do Bioshock 2. So kind of see what else they get out of that setting and storyline and whatever. Uh, it's setting in 1958. Um, I don't know. We'll see. That that's on its way. Uh, and papers, please. Uh, the cool uh, documents Im- immigration game. Yeah, that... where, you, where you work at the immigration office. Yeah, uh, that that is coming out on August eighth. Wait, uh, that wasn't officially out. No, it was greenlit. Um, which was the last time we talked about it. But um, oh, th- there's a release of it, but it's just the alpha. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I've played it, sort of, but that was basically just a demo. Uh, the full game is coming out in about a week's time. So by the time next week's episode rolls around, it'll it'll be there waiting for you. Um, and I don't know, I'm pretty keen to, to play that, just because it, it kind of makes a pretty mundane work activity kind of really interesting. And I, I don't know, that game seemed really cool, and I want to see more of it. Um, Actually... Let me just check here. I don't know. Again, have you caught up on Bioshock Infinite or no? Did you play the first Bioshock? Yes, played it through in completion. Loved it. Okay. Did you play that second one? No. Alright. Fair enough. I mean... Oh, wait. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, okay. I don't know, just... How you doing, John? What's going on lately? Not I mean, bad. yeah, I just feel like I'm hogging all sorts of talking right now. I just no, dude, you're a host. That works, works great for me. Okay. I'm just going to ask, like, hey, what are you looking forward to at Pincade this year? I'm just going to talk about a local event oh, that I'm always keen on. coming up soon, isn't it? Shoot. S- sort of. I don't know if it's as soon as I always hope it is, but I'm about I'm about that point in the year where I'm just like, wait, when's Pincade? Because I love Pincade. Um, for those who don't know, it is, oh, you explain it. How about that? What's Pincade? It is the Calgary Pinball and Arcade Expo, basically. So it's uh, a show where a bunch of arcade machines and uh, pinball machines are there. You get to check them out. There's competitions on some of them for high scores. There's prizes. You can even buy some of the machines that are there. And apparently it is uh, September 28th and 29th this year. Okay. So, so about a month after two, PAX. Yeah. Two months from now, basically. Okay. Um, sorry, I was just also checking like if we had any questions coming in. I don't see any on the Twitter. So I'm just going to assume, like, I put the message out too late. I guess if you want to contact us with any questions, uh, TDP Podcast on Twitter, uh, Top Down Perspective on Facebook, and Top Down Perspective at gmail.com. 
Um, but yeah, no, sorry, I just want to bounce back to talking about arcade stuff, just because, I, I don't know. Oh yeah, actually I was thinking, you have a machine, have you ever thought about bringing it there? I don't know how to transport it, that's the problem. Maybe okay. Someone would have to help me move it. Because it's, get... it's a big arcade machine, and it's barely it barely fits in the room it's in right now. Okay, so just not worth the hassle. But, I, I, I don't know, just that whole event is put on by just kind of local collectors and enthusiasts, right? Yeah. Like they just kind of donate their machine for a day. Um, you get free admission if you put a machine there, though. Just, just floating that out there. But you could also be crushed by a giant CRT monitor. So Yeah, so that's a trade-off. Well, I mean, it, I'm going to have to move this thing out of here eventually if I move out of this house. Okay. Gotcha. That's, that's the kicker there. Mm. I just kind of want to, like, any interest in Grand Theft Auto Five At all. Eh, a bit. Okay. That, okay. I, I guess there's no, other, there's no other really way to put it. Like, I, I have no, the one I got the closest to beating was Vice City. Like, I got oh. through like, I think two thirds of Vice City. Okay. So just something about the way they plot out their stories just loses you at some point, or I think it's just my affinity with open world games is that like I just don't have the time to pour into them. They just they, they kind of drag on for me. I guess is the best way to put it. Okay. Like, as much as I like Red Dead, there's definitely, like, you know, you gotta do all these missions, ride across this big world. Like, I am one-third through the game, essentially. I've probably played it for 10, 12 hours. Like, they they go on for a bit. But, I don't know. It's just like a cowboy simulator. So if you if you like Western stuff enough, it's it's still cool. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's worth going back. You, like, you just, did you just skip that one entirely? Which one? Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, I have a copy, but I just never got to it, really. Right. Is it just the intimidation of, like, it's 40 hours, like, it's a big thing? Yeah, kind of. Okay. That's fine. I don't know. It's just... also the problem, there's always there's always that point where you're like, oh, this game's coming out, I guess I should play through this, and then you'll get kind of caught up in something. Hmm. And that's hard to go back to something else. Okay. Um. Alright, so, sorry to just kind of ramble on. Let's go to Games of the Week. Alright. What was your game of the week? Uh, out of all I listed, probably going to be Cloudberry Kingdom. There you go. Cloudberry Kingdom in digital stores now. Um, yep, uh, it's available on Steam as of Friday. And, Sorry, uh, bad, bad time to yawn. Uh, it's yep. available on Steam as of today, or uh, Friday, August mm-hmm. 2nd. I believe it's also on PSN right PSN, now. PSN 360 and Wii U. It's available on all systems, basically. Yeah. Um, so, get, yeah, get your jumping on. Uh, for me, I'm kind of really torn between a bunch of stuff here, just because I liked a lot of what I was playing, but I think just because like it's an over-and-done thing, and I've already given some attention to Rogue Legacy, and I'm not finished the Swapper, um, I was genuinely really impressed with The Walking Dead 400 Days. Um... Like, that kind of short fiction stuff fit in really well. And, like, as I said in the little video thing I posted, like, uh, that they can establish a character so quickly that you're interested in what's going on within, like, two minutes was pretty great. Like, just as, like, a writing exercise for those guys. Like, that that is that was really impressive. Like, I'm going to say Bonnie's story might have been the highlight for me, and that was, like, the first one I played, but there's just some good little fiction in there. So, for five bucks, totally worth it. Check it out. Um, I think that's probably available everywhere The Walking Dead is available, but I played it on Steam. Um, and yeah, and again, if you want to send some questions, Facebook, uh, Twitter, TV Podcast, and the email, um, we'll see you next week. Yeah. And I won't be yawning as much. <laughs> and I won't be yawning as much. I have to add in the translation track for every time I yeah. yawn. So John will be less tired, his knee will be healed up. and I will hopefully not smash my knee on next week's podcast. Yeah. I think Phoenix Wright's not happy about breaking his neck every week. Uh, Yeah. Is there a way to permanently fix that with super glue or something? Oh, yeah. If I just use, like, an epoxy glue or something, it'll I just haven't done it. Okay. Um, But, yeah. Anyway. Uh, We'll talk to you guys. Well, we'll we'll speak. We'll see you guys next week. Right. Top down perspective.